to the Remind You podcast, where together we keep mental health in our discussion. I am your host, Dr. Christy, a licensed clinical psychologist who guides the dialogue about how our everyday experiences impact our emotional well being. As we unpack issues that are typically swept under the rug, Each weekly session will offer us an opportunity to make meaning of our everyday life experiences. And while you may gain insight and hopefully greater clarity, this podcast is not a replacement for a confidential relationship with a mental health provider. So as we prepare for today's session, I invite you to take a moment, settle your body, center your mind, and open your heart as we join together for another opportunity to keep mental health in the discussion. Welcome back to the Remind You podcast, everyone. I am really excited because today I'm joined by a financial guru who also happens to be my life partner and husband, Lester Norwood. And Lester, as I mentioned, is not only a financial guru, but he has a background working extensively in finance. He has a master's degree in business administration from the University of Memphis, and also is the president and CEO of Legacy Builders Insurance and Financial Services here in Virginia. So I am really excited, and I hope you all are too, as we talk a little bit about finances and the connection between mental health and the decisions that we make to welcome Lester to the Remind You podcast. Thank you so much. Um, I've been a longtime listener of this podcast, first time guest. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Feels really comfortable, real comfortable setting. So, you know, this is great. You guys picked up on the shade. Sounds a little shady, but you made it as a guest. So, I did. So I did. we're glad I did. you accepted. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> Well, we won't talk about the fact that this is your first time as a guest, but what we are going to talk about today are finances. Right. And so I don't know if people have had a chance to tune in, but each Wednesday, Lester does um, financial wellness Wednesdays. And I always like to tune in because I think he does a really nice job. I like how you kind of blend, not just, you know, save money or not just this is how to take care of your finances, but like the steps that people need to take in order to get there. And I wanted us to kind of start the year talking about finances because usually people are like, how do I lose weight? How do I save money? Right. It's a new year, new you, all that kind of stuff. So why do you think like people want to really get their finances in order at the beginning of a new year? Well, it's all a mental, it's all a mental thing. So this is good that we're on the Remind You podcast, right? Um, it's all a mental thing. So people want to better, better themselves. Yeah. And a lot of people see um, the, the change of the year um, as just an opportunity to like put a, put an actual um, bookmark on, okay, well, when January 1 hits, I'll make these changes to my life. And Mm -hmm. so they use that as just an opportunity to kind of make a reset. So Mm -hmm. um, with finances is one of those things, like you said, it's one of the big ones. So um, with resolutions, the three biggest are typically, I want to lose weight. I want to save money. I want to get out of debt. Mm -hmm. Um, And in any year, it could very well be losing weight could be one, get out of debt could be two. Um, but one of those three is on pretty much everybody's list. Um, so for me and what I do, we have two out of the three that we are really trying to take a look at. 
So we help people get out of debt. We help people save money. And we mm-hmm. we kind of talk about those things. That's awesome. So, you know, I kind of gave a little bit of background about you, but like for those who are not familiar with you or who don't follow you yet, um, why don't you kind of just share, like, how did you even get into the financial realm and like, what excites you? Because you always seem so excited to talk about finances, which just for you all to know, that is not my thing. Um, So I'm glad I partnered with somebody who that is their thing. But like, how do you kind of get energy? Why do you get energy from it? What excites you about it? Well, I got started in 2010 um, when I got my MBA. So I got started working with the bank. And one of the things that you notice very early on when dealing with, and I'm not going to say the bank's name or, you know, things like that, but we all have bank accounts. Yeah. And typically you go in, you make a deposit, you go in, you open up an account, you may talk to a banker every once in a while, mm-hmm. but a lot of times with us, and I say us, meaning African-Americans, meaning um, just those people that are kind of on the fringe, mm-hmm. there isn't a lot of representation. There isn't a lot of guidance. There isn't a lot of willingness to work with us. Yeah. Um, so you'll go in and you'll, you know, put your paycheck in, but nobody's like, hey, you should do X, Y, and Z with your money. Yeah. And so as I got a little bit further in, I realized that a part of that is because some companies don't even want to touch working middle Americans. Mm-hmm. Like they, they get more commissions, they get more, um, like the more money you move or the, the, the more money you, you're, you're operating with, the more commission the salesperson makes or, mm-hmm. you know, your broker makes. Right. So they get more commission, they get more compensation for working with larger people. So if I can work with one person with $250,000 in the market mm-hmm. versus working with 10 people with $25,000 in the market, I want to work with that one person as opposed to working with the 10. Right. Um, Because it's one phone call that I have to make. That's one client that I have to know. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of banks um, operate using this model Mm -hmm. and a lot of investment firms out there operate pretty much using this model. So um, there was one investment firm out there that will remain nameless. But unless you had two hundred and fifty thousand dollars that was investable assets in the market, Mm -hmm. they gave you a one eight hundred number. To use. Wow. So for me early on, I saw some of this and I'm like, you know, I really need to work with just um, not just people that look like me, you know, that that's important, but also like middle America, mm-hmm. like those people don't typically have people beating down their doors yeah. with, Hey, this is what you need to do with your money. Or these are, you know, this is what the market looks like. Here's some education. Mm-hmm. So what I really want to do is I want to make sure that I am giving people just an opportunity to learn mm-hmm. about some of those things that you just, we take for granted that, you know, especially in the financial industry. Um, but it's really not common knowledge. Yeah, that's good. Cause I, you know, your heart for it is, definitely there. And, you know, sometimes I feel like the, the middle America, if you will, as you say, kind of gets left out a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, um, and we have resources, those who identify as part of that, but we also have challenges, right? So it's like, we have this money and sometimes, you know, we might have anxiety about like, what do I do with this money? How do I invest it? How do I make sure that, you know, right now I want to travel post pandemic right now I want to travel, but like, I also want to retire at 45. Right. And so there's like, all this angst about like, what do I do and how do I manage this? And so, you know, like when you think about that, because I think about it from like the mental health perspective, right? right? Like the angst that people feel, the depression, the impulse of buying, all that kind of stuff, which we'll talk about. But like, what do you see on the financial end of things as the challenges that people sort of struggle with with their finances? Um, So it's a, 
the pandemic taught us a lot about people struggling with finances, right? Hmm. So it was an overdependence on one stream um, that can be kind of taken away at any point in time. And so a lot of people saw that. Um, one of the biggest challenges with Americans is not having enough in emergency funding. Mm -hmm. So, um, Dave Ramsey talks a lot about emergency funds and we'll get into some of the, 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 the podcasts or, you know, the books that you should read, but emergency funding is real. Like having, first off, having a thousand to $1,500, I say 1500, Dave Ramsey says a thousand, but I say $1,500, um, having $1,500 suggests in case of emergency, break this glass and pay these three bills off mm. is so, so important. Yeah. Um, the other struggle that people have is debt to income. And a lot of times people struggle with debt to income is because they don't understand that every dollar that they make should not be, should not be sucked up by debt. So, mm -hmm. so it's a mindset thing, right? So I make a hundred thousand dollars a year. I'm living off of a hundred thousand dollars a year. Like they don't recognize the fact that if they make a hundred thousand, they should probably be living off of 70. Really, they should try to see if they can live off of 50. So it's a mindset. So I make a hundred K, I'm going to go out. The moment I get a raise, I'm getting a new car. Right. The moment I get a raise, because I have to feel better about myself, right? And Absolutely. this is, this is, a, this is the mental health side of it. So I have to feel better about myself, right? So I get a raise, I'm going out to get a new car because all the people that, you know, are in upper management drive the Audi or all the people right. that are in upper management, they go to these restaurants to eat. So you've forgotten how to live. Like if you started living off of $35,000, right? Mm -hmm. And that's when you got your start. You eventually forget how to live mm -hmm. off of $35,000. You live off of the $100,000 that you make. And so it's not a matter of, for a lot of Americans, it's not a matter of I don't make enough money. Mm -hmm. It's my mind state hasn't changed since I made 35K. So now I make 100K, but I still have, you know, the same mindset. So mm -hmm. I get the expenses at, you know, my expenses reflect 100K salary. Mm -hmm. So I've got the bigger house, I've got the bigger car, I eat at the better restaurants, and I'm still basically check to check, even though I, my checks are larger. And that makes no sense a lot of the times. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna push back a little bit. Okay. Because, when I think about like, so if people, if someone gets a substantial raise, right, um, or comes or an additional stream of income, then their mindset does change, right, in addition to the finances, right? So the people that you might be surrounded by, for example, like you mentioned, they could be all driving the Audis or the BMWs, right? So now I'm making an additional $50,000. Are you saying, so I should just save that money and not move, maybe, you know, I'm driving a certain car, maybe I don't get the Audi, but maybe I want to get, you know, a higher grade car. Are you saying that people should just remain, even when they get, I'm not framing this correctly, even when they get an increase in income, that they should remain, their finances should still remain the same? Even Similar, they, yes. Okay. So what happens is, and you can go, this is a mindset thing, and we're on a mental health podcast, so we can talk mm -hmm. about kind of the, the mindsets behind it. But if you ever look at, there was, ESPN did a documentary called Broke on mm -hmm. all of these people that get million dollar contracts yeah. and yeah. they're broke, right? And yeah. we see this all the time. People mm -hmm. win the lottery and we see that the next year, two years later, they're yeah. broke again. Mm 
So these people got influxes of money and it happens. This is, this is an extreme circumstance that sure. we're talking about, but there are smaller circumstances that we can see. You can think about your friends. Like you've got friends that you've known from college mm-hmm. and they have gotten jobs, better jobs after better jobs after better jobs. Mm-hmm. And then the conversation on Friday nights is, oh, girl, I ain't got no money. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why don't you have money? You've gotten, you know, I've been with you since mm-hmm. we were eating oodles of noodles. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, as they got more money, their tastes got more expensive. Right. You know, their, their, right. their, their luxuries got more luxurious. Right. So they're taking better trips. They've forgotten how to go, you know, down, <laughs> down the street and get a room and just kind of chill out. Right. Now they're going to go to, you know, some, some outlandish places and spend $10,000 a night because they can. Yeah. Right. And so the trips have gotten better. The, everything gets more luxurious the more money you make. And a part of that is mindset. So they're, they're overcompensating for something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we do this as Americans all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that comes from the things that we intake. So we get, as Americans, we get more ads coming at us all the time. Absolutely. Buy this, upgrade that. You mm-hmm. need a new phone. You need a new computer. Right. You need a new just because. Right. And the only reason is because we, have, we know you have money. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, the new, and I'm going to pick on iPhone. I love iPhones, but the new iPhone 12 doesn't do much more than the iPhone 10 does. Mm -hmm. So why do I need to go out and buy a new phone just because we know that a new one came out? Um, it, and it happens like that. Mm -hmm. And what people are now doing is they're not going out. And so it used to be when you wanted to, to upgrade something or do something, you just have to put it on layaway, right? And so at the end of the year, you would pay off, you know, and then you got the item and that's perfect. Right. Now it's financing. So as opposed to mm-hmm. waiting and saving and putting money down on something, you can say, I, you know, AT&T is like, hey, here's a phone, right. $1,500. You're going to finance it at 10, 15% or whatever that percentage looks right. like. And you're financing phones. You're financing fun. So you're making more money, but your expenses have gotten better. Mm-hmm. You know, your expenses have gotten larger, rather. And you're paying more out at the end of the day. So you're still back to check, to check, to check. Yeah. So you can push back all you want, but the stats are showing that people are still <laughs> check, to check, to check. You can look at, like, all the, you can look at your Facebook feed right now. There's a lot of talk, and we're recording this right at the beginning of the year. Um, there's a lot of talk right now about the stimulus checks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I believe that people need stimulus checks. Don't get me wrong. I believe that people absolutely positively need stimulus checks. But some of those people have, like, some of those people haven't had necessarily shifts to their income because of COVID. They're looking for stimulus checks because they've been overspending for Christmas. They overspent right. for other, you know, for some of these items. Right. And now they're looking for just money to come to them. Yeah. I get it. No judgment, but it's not, you don't need stimulus. You need, you know, financial education. Yeah. You need to become financially literate. Or some boundaries. And I, you know, I think part of my pushback is because what I see and what I know for myself even is as you, whether it's go up the corporate ladder or get, you know, become friends with people who are, who have more things that you can see on the outside. Right. Then kind of human nature psychological nature is you want those things right you want to be able to have those things just like they do correct but what you have to realize is that psychological 
Um, but that's a that's a mindset that's a mindset that you need to shift. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You're not in, you shouldn't be in competition with your friends. Absolutely. Um, that's important. You shouldn't be ingesting like all of the ads mm-hmm. and all of the because it's marketing, right? And these people are this is what they get paid thousands upon thousands upon millions of marketing is a billion dollar industry, right? They're just preying on your mindset. They're preying on your mindset. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just because you have a friend that drives the 2020 Range Rover doesn't mean that you need to go out and get a 2021 Range Rover just because you make about the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Like if your car is still getting you from point A to point B and it's paid off, mm-hmm. then definitely you need to, um, you know, stay with that until you can save up enough to get a new car. Yeah. And that's just it. Yeah. Um, because a lot of these items are just built, you know? They are. But I do want to say, like, it sounds really easy, right? And probably for someone like you who has, like, a very business mindset, it's easy. But it's so much harder for, and I'll use myself as an example. And I've, I've come, just for our listeners to know, I've come a long way. Yes, you have. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> Yes, she has. <laughs> you don't have to tell all my business. Thank I mean, we're going to talk about no. it. We're talk about it. Okay. <laughs> That'll be another episode. We'll see if we'll have you back. <laughs> but, um, but I've come a long way. But one of the things I had to learn, I was very much an emotional spender. Yes. So it would be like, oh, I had a tough day at work. You know, let me go and let me just walk around Macy's, right? I was that shopper that if I... I knew that if I went to the mall, like I'm buying a bunch of things and they weren't things that I needed. Um, And so I share that to say that it's so difficult, you know, for a lot of us because we do find pleasure in, oh my goodness, it's a pandemic, but there's another Amazon box on my doorstep, you know, (laughs) when I get home or, you know, while I'm teleworking. And so, um, you know, it's not, it's not that easy, but I think what you're saying is also really important. Right. So here's the thing. Um, people can, and it's not just emotional spending, right? So people as a negative, as a response to negative, anything that negative that happens to them, it might be emotional eating. Mm-hmm. It could be emotional, you know, just people go and work out a whole lot Absolutely. and, you know, they're doing that as a negative response, whatever the, whatever your triggers are. But what happens is you have to be more, um, cognizant of that and you mm-hmm. have to be more educated on that, especially yeah. as it comes to finances, because, a lot of times people don't see the correlation between their mind state, their, mm-hmm. their, their mindset, and the money that's going out as a result. So I had a bad week, and I have an extra $300 in my account. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Macy's as opposed to saving it. Right. Or, you know, I've had a bad month or I've had a bad year. Right. I'm going to finance a trip because I deserve it. Right. Or I'm going to buy this new car because it'll make me feel better. And a lot of times the ads that are targeted to you, mm-hmm. like over the holidays, man, we saw new Mercedes ads, new Lexus ads, new Toyota ads, <laughs> Toyota thons going on right now. Right. And you remember these things, not because you necessarily need a new car, but because mm-hmm. marketing is marketing money is being spent to get you to buy and to do, you know, those things because your yeah. life, your life is in shambles right now. <laughs> And it's not, right? This this new Lexus will make you feel better. (laughs) I promise you. Get the new Mercedes with the bowl on it. You know, you'll you'll feel better. And then, no, you won't because that that payment is coming. Yeah. And we've gotten to a point now where um, they know that it's psychological. So one of the things that's talked about in just 
either Dave Ramsey, I know, talks about it. I know I talk about it. I've read um, different psychological things, different psychological articles. And so you would appreciate this. There's a pain exchange when you exchange mm -hmm. cash for an item, right? Mm -hmm. So I give you the cash, mm -hmm. you give me the item, there is a pain exchange. Mm -hmm. That's why right now in your wallet, you could carry around a $100 bill and not break it mm -hmm. for forever. Mm -hmm. You know, because the, the breaking of that $100 bill kills something, <laughs> right? But you can go out and you can spend, mm -hmm. you know, $100 on just anything swiping a car. Right. You get to keep the car and you get to keep the item. Right. No problem. Um, it's, it's doubly so when you're swiping a credit card. Because you get to keep the card, you get to keep the items, and you get to keep the money in the bank. Right. <laughs> it's a win-win-win, right? <laughs> right? So put this on credit, you know, like go to go to Macy's, you know, buy a bunch of stuff, put it on the Macy's credit card. Right. They'll give you 15% off. Don't worry about it. And you look around at the beginning of the, the next month and it's like, oh, you know, that's when you feel it. Yeah. But by that point, you've worn the clothes, you've already gotten the compliments, mm -hmm. you know, you've gone out, you've done everything that you wanted to do, and now you're feeling the pain. And you won't, you know, you won't remember it the next time you go to Macy's. Absolutely. So that's, and then you have to buy more, so you don't have to feel that pain. So that's why people are struggling with their mm -hmm. finances. Mm -hmm. There's such an emotional and mental component to it. You know, in our, our worlds, you know, while many people might think they're really different, they really come together, like finances and mental health um, and how you're doing. And if you all, you know, as you're listening, think about when you tend to spend money, right? Think about how you tend to spend money and the emotions or your mental state, your mental well-being when you tend to spend money. You know, does it tend to be, you know, right after, you know, a tough week? Is that when you're spending most of your money or, you know, when you're feeling depressed or really, really anxious about something? Is that when your bank account seems to dwindle? Because once you, and as you're saying, once you recognize that mindset and I'll add to that, the emotions that you're also feeling at that point in time, then you can also start to make some of those changes or recognize when you might want to make some of those changes. When and what? So one of the first things that I do with any of my customers is we sit down and look at, like if we're doing budgeting, mm -hmm. you know, I just want you to go like, if we're doing, if we're going to start budgeting, take January and just spend how you normally would. Mm -hmm. it, sometimes that comes back to bite me in the behind, but <laughs> spend like you normally would. Um, take January and spend like you normally would. Because what we want to do is we want to look at, you know, what you're spending money on, mm -hmm. when you're spending money. So did you go for a big dinner on Friday, mm -hmm. um, dinner and drinks? Well, why did you do that? Really, because you hate your job. You know, you feel like confound, right. you know, you feel confined on this job. So Friday night, it's your weekend. You want to be free and you go out and you spend, right? You're buying drinks for You're everybody. You're buying drinks for everybody because, you know, it's, it's, a whole, it's a whole mess at the office, right. right? So you have to figure out, okay, so why did I make this purchase? Mm. And then what we do is in February, well, at the end of January, we would look at these purchases mm -hmm. and then we would take like every dollar that you make and we assign it. Mm -hmm. Like, and so now, you know, now I know like you would typically spend $300 a month on eating out or whatever. Mm -hmm. Let's see if we can't shrink that down to $150 and take the other $150 and put that in the savings account. Right. You know, and we can make some adjustments and we can say, okay, well, you know, as opposed to going out and buying drinks for everybody at the bar or, you know, buying drinks for everybody at the table, maybe you just buy your drinks. Right. <laughs> You know, or as opposed to going, like, we, we'll take you and we'll reel you back in to see if you can live off of 70% of your income. Right. 
right. start saving the 30. Right. And the other important piece is the why. You know, like, so the first thing that we'll do is identify the why. So a lot of people are making New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Um, I want to lose weight. I want to save money. I want to get out of debt. And the people that continue on through December, like the people that have made a resolution at the beginning of 2020 and kept their resolution until today when we're recording this on New Year's Eve, those people have a big why. Right. So the first things that I tell people to do is identify the where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. So the where could be like, I'm trying to lose 50, 50 pounds this year. I'm trying to save X amount this year. Mm-hmm. Like whatever your where is, first identify that, then identify the why. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> why do you want to get to X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. Because if your why is good enough, then, you know, nothing is going to deter you from maintaining the goal. But if you just want to have $10,000 in the bank, just so you can say that you have $10,000 in the bank, then, you know, that may, you know, that may take a detour when someone says, hey, I'm going to go to Bora Bora, you know, and the trip is going to be five grand. Absolutely. And, you know, a couple episodes ago, we talked about values at the beginning of the year. So this fits Perfectly. I'm sure you have listened to that episode. Yeah, you know, um, I, felt like I, could, I felt like I had some good things to say on that episode, but I, I wasn't invited, so but I got nothing. But we need to save you for this episode, but what you're saying aligns so well with that because the way that we talked about it was values, right? So you say your why, and it's kind of the same as like identifying what your values are, what's important to you, as opposed to just like sitting there and chasing, you know, trying to have more money in your bank account or just trying to chase every pound off the scale. It's like, no, the, the bigger overarching why is I want to be healthier or mm-hmm. I want to be able to leave some sort of financial legacy to those that come after me. Right. And so the name of my, the name of my business is Legacy Builders Insurance and Financial Services, right? Um, that's one of the things that's really important to me is building a legacy mm-hmm. for myself, for my family. Um, but also helping my customers build legacies for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So if I can get you to put like, hey, for every dollar that I spend is a dollar that's being taken away from little Johnny's, you know, college fund. Yeah. Then it becomes a whole nother, then it becomes a whole nother ball game, right? Yeah. Um, if your goal is to lose weight for every time that you, you know, you don't spend on the treadmill, that might be time that's taken away from you at the end of your life because you're, you know, fat and out of shape, you know, you can start to say, oh man, well, I want to have more time here on this earth to spend mm-hmm. with little Johnny. So I'm going to go hit the treadmill. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all about the why. That's and good. if you can put a, you know, if you can put it right there next to your debit card, you know, those, those swipes become fewer and fewer, yeah. you know, if little Johnny's, you know, picture is right there next to it. Absolutely. You know, it, it makes sense. Absolutely. You know, we're in such an interesting time because 2021 is here and a lot of us have had to stay connected to people in a different way, right? Right. Zoom meetings, all kinds of stuff. And so, you know, I feel, and I don't know if you feel this way, but to me, it's like people don't really talk about like the depths of their finances. Obviously with you behind closed doors, they will. But I'm talking more socially, right? And so one of the things we always talk about when I see clients is like, who are you connected to? Who's your support system? It's great to have a therapist, but you need other people to help you in between appointments, um, in addition to yourself. And so like, how do you help people, I guess, become comfortable sharing their finances, you know, with other people, or I don't even know if you feel like that's appropriate, but I guess, how do you help people get some level of accountability 
when it seems like finances are this private thing. Like people are fine being like, oh, I'm broke, right? But they're not really going to be like, hey, I got this credit card that like I got $50,000. You know? Yeah. So so first off, people like keep mental health in discussion, right? Yeah. Um, people also that. need to. Yeah, right. <laughs> we need to keep mental health in discussion. Uh, people also need to keep their finances in discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, just like with mental health, like you'll have a spouse that's dealing with something mentally and not talking to their spouse. Right. A lot of times spouses will be dealing with stuff financially and not talk to their that's spouse. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure that you have some sort of accountability partner. Mm-hmm. If you're going on this financial journey, you need to make sure that you have some sort of accountability partner. Um, be it an, if you're a couple, having another couple that you're talking mm-hmm. to about your finances, having someone that's got it together. So let me, let me just kind of pause and say, it should be someone that is at least going to give you good advice on your finances. Not everybody can be your accountability partner. <laughs> you know, if you're like, hey, I want to save $10,000 and they're like, hey, I want to save $10,000. But you know, the first time that, you know, something comes up with an opportunity for you to go take a trip, mm-hmm. they're going to be the first one to be like, yeah, well, you know, well, we can save $10,000 next year. Let's take this money and put it on the trip. So we need to make sure that we have the right accountability partners. I guess I should say it that way. But yes, you should be talking about finances inside of your circle because that's the only way that your circle can get better. Um, Financial education isn't something that's taught in school. Like we weren't taught to balance our checkbooks. We weren't taught about credit. We weren't taught about just entrepreneurship. Like, and the financial cost of entrepreneurship, that's a whole other subject. Like, people want to talk about, like, oh, yeah, entrepreneurship is a big buzzword right now for 2020, at least, because, you know, once the pandemic hit, it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, you need to start working for yourself. Because if you're not working for yourself, then, you know, when the jobs go away and there are no more jobs, you know, you won't have anybody to, like, that was a whole thing. But a lot of people weren't talking about, well, when you are an entrepreneur, you have X, Y, and Z for expenses that you don't necessarily have when you're punching in and punching out. So you need to, if you're going to talk about it, talk about it all. Like, and let's get educated all the way around about finances. Just just period and point blank. I love, I'm getting so excited, right? Because it (laughs) it reminds me of the therapy world. Like what you just said is exactly what we say in therapy, if a client comes in, it's not like, okay, we're not, you know, they may come in because they're having marital problems, but guess what? Like when you were seven and that trauma happened, like we're going to have to talk about all of this. It may not be session one, but we're going to have to deal with all this. And that's the same thing you're saying. It's like, Hey, you can't just talk about, Oh, I just bought this one Amazon package or like this small debt. Like you've got to be honest and open and talk about the extent of your finances. Mm -hmm. And talk about, and so the other thing is talk about your goals. Like with your accountability partner, tell them that you want to save Mm $10,000, right? And then tell them when you've saved $1,500 or when you've saved $15. So y'all can pat each other, you know, so they can pat you on the Mm -hmm. back and tell you to keep going. So that it's not just, you know, so you're not just celebrating the one big victory at the end of the year. You're celebrating along the way and they can help you do that. That's good. Because those celebratory moments are so important too. Yeah. Right? Celebrate the small stuff. Yeah. And we don't celebrate with buying. No. No, you don't celebrate. You don't celebrate $15 in savings by spending $15. No. You celebrate $15 in savings by going out and getting a second job so you have more money to put in savings. How about that? Or maybe spending, you know, a dollar. No, you don't spend until 
Um, unless the dollar is, and this is something that we talk about, like you can put money into budgeting has become a, a dirty word. Mm-hmm. You know, people have a negative reaction to budgeting. Right. I call it a spending plan just because I want to make sure oh, that, that's yeah, that's yeah, good. it feels that a little better, right? <laughs> it kind of hits differently. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not going to therapy. You're going to talk to someone. Right. You're not on a budget. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you're on a spending plan, yeah. you know, so it feels a little bit different, mm-hmm. right? So it's just a matter of assigning, if I make $300, right? If I make $300 a mm-hmm. week, I'm going to assign $300 to go someplace. Yeah. So some, some of that might be savings. Some of that might be rent. Some of that might be my car note. Some of that might be, you know, for for food. Some of that might be for entertainment. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to assign all of those dollars to go someplace. I'm going to plan it out. As opposed to getting paid on Friday my $300 and then going to to get something to eat and going to, you know, shop or doing this, that, and a third and then paying my bills with whatever's left Mm -hmm. and trying to devise a plan that way. No, I'm going to plan it out beforehand and budget my money accordingly. Gotcha. But create a spending plan. I like that. Because budgeting just, at least for me, it feels real restrictive. You tell me I have to budget. Basically, you're saying these are all the things you can't have. You tell me it's a spending plan. It's like, oh. I've got oh, a plan. Yes, the and I get to my oyster. <laughs> yes. $300 worth of that world is your oyster. I like those psychological tactics you all use. So, you know, you've given us a lot of um, great, great tidbits uh, of information. So I want to kind of pull this together a little bit, and then hopefully you can give us some resources of, like, where people can go from here. Incredible resources, of course. Um, but I think one of the things that you helped shine light on is just the importance of, like, your mindset in mm-hmm. terms of how you spend your money and what you spend your money on and when you spend your money. Um, and why. And why. And why. Right? And why. And then the other thing that um, I think really hit home for me in our discussion is just the importance of, again, being open and honest about your finances and not having like shame or guilt around decisions that maybe you made in the past or the, or the recent present, you know, um, around your finances. And I think the third thing that especially sort of connects with the mental health realm is just being sure to identify like those values, you know, and like moving towards those values um, as it pertains to your finances and that it doesn't have to be like finances and budgeting and all that kind of stuff doesn't have to be a dirty word. Like we can make it fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> by, plans. by celebrating. Celebrate the wins. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think, you know, it's so important for us to recognize the connection between our spending and our emotions and our mindsets mm-hmm. um, and the people that we have around us. Right. Yeah. Anything else that you want to add that maybe we didn't cover today that you think it's important for people to take away? Um, financial, financial literacy is key. Um, I know that I kind of touched on that, but financial literacy is key. Um, it isn't something that, um, it's not something that's taught in schools. Mm-hmm. Financial, you, you know, you won't get, even if you get an MBA, you're not going to get a degree in financial literacy. What does right? that mean, financial literacy? So financial literacy is just understanding the ins and outs of finances. Okay. Just understanding the ins and outs of credit utilization. Mm-hmm. Just understanding the ins and outs of, you know, having a, having a spending plan. Yeah. I mean, it, for some reason, 
somewhere along the lines, we got to the point where we, and I say we as in just Americans in general, we got away from some of the core values of just the basics, right? So my grandmother was 99 when she passed in 96. Um, and she would be good for, you know, just budgeting her money, like learning to budget a checkbook. So my mother grew up budgeting a checkbook, right? So at the end of the month, she would make sure that the checks that were out, right. there was, a, you know, there was enough money in there to cover the checks that were out and she wouldn't write a check knowing right. that. And so um, somewhere along the lines between her generation to ours, mm-hmm. we're just swiping yeah. and hoping that there's money in the bank Absolutely. as opposed to sitting down at the beginning of the month with all of our bills right. and paying those bills. Right. Um, like we had, like, you know, your aunt was one of the ones that was really big on if you make a dollar, save a dime. Absolutely. Like if you make a dollar, save a dime, that's something that that's old school ways of thinking, but we've along the way lost some of that. Yeah. Right. So none of our friends are talking about saving a dime. Right. Our friends are talking about, <laughs> hey, you make a dollar, we can go right to the dollar $2. menu and you know, spend two dollars and then hope that we make it to the bank before yeah. we have to put that dollar back in the bank. So yeah. that's kind of one of the things that we're losing along the way. And that's that's financial literacy being yeah. lost. Um, and it's really being lost in the middle class. One of the reasons why it's being lost in the middle class is because we are being targeted by marketing firms to to spend money. That's just that and that. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the other piece that I missed that you've really taught us today is that just the importance of being okay with who we are and not necessarily trying to spend money that you don't have or spend money that should be allocated elsewhere towards your values because you're trying to keep up with those around you or the perception of those. Right. Yeah. And we're teaching our kids to keep up with the Joneses yeah. like early, yeah. you know, John got a PlayStation five. Yeah. I need a PlayStation five. Yeah. Dude, you're five years old. <laughs> you need a book. <laughs> you need a book. Like, let's pick up some books. Right. <laughs> well, where do people go from here? What are some credible like resources or websites that you can kind of give to folks where they can kind of build on what they learned today? Oh man. So credible resources. One of the first resources that I tell everybody to go to is start with books. So start reading the rich dad, poor dads. Start reading The Richest Man in Babylon. Start reading the Dave Ramsey um, Total Money Makeover. Start reading some of those things that, you know, just pick up hard books or go to Amazon and pick up some Kindle books. But do some reading this year on just do some reading on finances. Um, And not necessarily for the concepts of, you know, this is how you'll make money. This is how you'll get rich. Just start to learn some of the, the core financial literacy things, right? Then you can move your way into podcasts. So I keep saying Dave Ramsey because I, I I agree with a lot of his teachings, but there's also the Earn Your Leisure podcast where they talk about just different um, just different tactics and different ways to utilize your money. Um, there are different people that you can follow on Instagram. The the Budget Nista is one that I I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to. YouTube is also just a, a, a huge platform. So you can watch little clips of the Dave Ramsey show, the Earn Your Leisure's on the on um, YouTube as well. And then you can start moving into um, just different places. So another big, so a couple of Facebook plugs that I'm gonna plug really quickly. One, Legacy Builders Insurance and Financial Services. Every Wednesday we do Financial Wellness Wednesday where we talk about financial topics like this. Um, 
Another place is United Financial Education. Um, that's a Facebook group with about 10 to 15,000 members now. And you'll find like a lot of great content in there. Um, and so the other thing that I was going to say is make sure that the people that you're, if you're going to a financial guru um, and you, you know, financial advisor, financial planner, financial, if they got financial in their name, figure out where, what they're trying to sell you first and what they have access to sell you first. Because a lot of times people will go, I'm a financial guru. And really what they are is they're targeting Bitcoin and they're just trying to sell you Bitcoin. Um, or they'll say, I'm a financial guru, and they're just trying to target you know, you to sell you whole life insurance. And they're like, yeah, you can use this as an investment, blah, 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 blah. But really, they're doing this because they're not qualified to sell you all products mm. in all product lines, right? So find out if, if they're going to be credible and they want to talk to you about investments, make sure that they have some securities licenses. So either they're six and 63 or their securities license series seven, so they can sell you stocks and mutual funds and all that sort of thing. Um, make sure that they have some credible licenses behind them. Um, if they're going to sell you life insurance, make sure that they have the ability to sell you both whole and term. Even if they're going to make a recommendation of one or the other, at least they have the access to sell you both so that you can make an honest decision mm -hmm. as opposed to being like, nah, you don't need term or nah, you don't need whole. You need to go with this product. And it's really the reason why they're pushing that product is because that's the only product that they have access to. That's so true. make sure that they have access to a myriad of things. It's like going to, if we're, if we're, if we're likening this to mental health mm -hmm. or if we're likening this to physical health, it's like going to a gym that only has treadmills, right? And so they're going to, because they only have treadmills, they're going to convince you that you don't need to weight train and you don't need Zumba classes and you don't need anything other than these treadmills. Uh, or it's like going to a therapist that only does one form of therapy. So they're, you know, they're going to tell you that you don't need to, to do trauma therapy or you don't need to do this type, only need this particular type of therapy. And, you know, hypnotherapy is not going to work for everyone. You know, so you need a mirror. You need them to be able to, to do a myriad of things. Um, the same with the financial world. If you're going to talk to someone, make sure that they have access to a myriad of products and then they can make a recommendation and that's fine. But at least you know that they're coming from a good place and not just recommending stuff because that's all they have access to. Yeah, that's really good. Sorry, that was my soapbox. No, and I like how you um, connected that to trainers. and. I'm health. telling you, I listen to this <laughs> podcast. So, you know, you can invite me back and I, I might have some more stuff. <laughs> well, in the meantime, until you return to the Remind You podcast, where can people specifically keep in touch with you? Uh, Legacy Builders Insurance and Financial Services on Facebook. Legacy Builders and Legacy Builders INS, Legacy underscore Builders underscore INS on um, on the other Instagram. Instagram. I was, I was like, <laughs> what do those kids call it? Instaface? No. <laughs> on Instagram. Um, and you can keep up with me there. Financial Wellness Wednesdays is something that we do every Wednesday. Um, in the new year, we're going to do Tip Tuesday, where I will have different mm -hmm. people on to give different tips about different things. I may have a mental health <coughs> professional come <coughs> one day to talk about mental health, but we're going to do tip Tuesdays where we just give you some tips on, on, you know, just how to enhance your life. <coughs> Sorry, I had something in my, caught in my throat there, just in case you were looking for a mental health provider. I mean, let me, I'm going to do them for a whole year and then I'll invite you on uh, episode 365. You the know? shade, the shade is I'm just so saying, real. I'm just saying, then you'll be invited on. 
the shade is so real. Well, nonetheless, in spite of your shade, I really, really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. Um, I know you've been working very, very hard, even up to the end of the year and the beginning of the year. So thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing everything. And I think if you agree with this, I guess you have to hear it first. I have to hear it first. That's why I've been married long enough not to not to just blindly agree to some stuff. Go ahead. You're supposed to trust your spouse. Mm. Um, not when it comes to finances. Yes, nope. you should trust them with those two. But I think the homework assignment, I love what you said earlier, which is people should, you usually give your clients an opportunity just to track their spending. Yep. Um, so I think to kind of build on what both of us are saying today is we should challenge the listeners to do that this week. But the caveat that I want to add is that when they spend something, I would suggest you also identify how you're feeling or what you're thinking in that moment right before you spend um, a large amount of money. And then that way you can link kind of the emotion and the mental health piece in there too. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. The um, supermarkets are filled with just tricks. So if you think about like you get to the beginning, you get to the end of the line and you buy like the gum, it's because you're excited <laughs> to be in the line and you, yeah. you know, so it's, it's like that, but it's like that with larger purchases too. So yes, absolutely. Think about your mind state. Think about what's going on at the time that you make any purchase yep. and track your spending, write track your spending, write it down, go back in and be like, oh yeah, you know, I was, I was in this place in my, in my week when I bought X. Right. Um, and then come back at the end of the month and, and tell us how it went. I like it. Awesome. Thank you. You can't again. see it, but we're high fiving now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you again. I appreciate You're more you. Than welcome. More and than welcome. Uh, you all, please check out uh, Legacy Builders and Insurance and Financial Services. Please feel free to follow Lester. He is really all about um, educating and, and getting people in the right direction, even if you don't buy products from him. Um, he is all about people getting the resources and the information that they need. And so for that, we thank you. No problems. All right. Well, until next time, we look forward to connecting with you all next week. Take care of yourselves and don't forget to keep mental health in your discussions as well as finances. Yes. Keep your finances in discussion. There you go. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Remind You podcast. We really got some good nuggets to help us keep mental health in the discussion. If you want to keep up with me and with the Remind You podcast, feel free to follow me on my social handles on Instagram at Dr. Christy Norwood, as well as on Facebook. And of course, you can take a look at my website, www.drchristynorwood.com. I look forward to continuing to connect with you all through the Remind You podcast and via social media. And remember, continue to keep mental health in your discussions. Have a great week.